What is value and why is it so important to asset management? Join Susan Lubell and I as we discuss what value as one of the fundamental principles of asset management is all about. It's about how we preserve and create value, how we define what it means to our stakeholders. We'll define the, the value drivers, the tangible, intangible, the financial and non-financial. We'll talk about how to measure value and how much value delivery is enough. We'll talk about productivity and we'll also talk about the opposite, which is value leakage. I'm your host, Paul Doust. In this podcast series, we'll discuss the who, what, when, where, why, how, and how much about asset management as a new and emerging discipline from a leadership perspective and using the GFMAM Asset Management Landscape document as our guide. In today's topic, episode four, we'll introduce the asset management fundamentals, starting with value. I'm pleased to be joined by the talented Susan Lubell, who will be our special guest with me throughout this first series. Welcome to the show, Susan. How are you today? Great. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you inviting me to join you. It's great to have you as always. So let me introduce the fundamentals. You know, asset management, as we've talked over the first few episodes, it's part of a big complex system. It encompasses all asset types, all activities across the entire life cycle. This is big picture, strategic and holistic thinking and acting. But we have to understand this is underpinned by the fundamentals of asset management, value, alignment, leadership, and assurance. So in turn, we're going to talk about each of these four fundamentals over to the next four episodes. So let's dive in. What is value, Susan? I think one of the things, as you know, I always like to start off with a definition to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. The big deal here is that assets exist to provide value to the organization and its stakeholders. It's really about being outcomes focused. So this is not a discussion around the financial worth of the asset itself or how much we paid for it, but the value that's derived from that asset through our asset management approach and our systems thinking. We also need to understand who are the stakeholders and what's their perspective on what is value. So from the stakeholders, I like to think of it as the owners of the organization or the investors in it. Perhaps it's the employees and the contractors who are working on our sites. Um, maybe it's the public, the communities at large, the citizens for government services, um, our customers. We may also see uh, different government or regulatory agencies, our insurers, our suppliers, all of these are different stakeholders. And I think one of the things we want to think about with our discussion of value is we need to ask ourselves, does value mean the same thing to each stakeholder? And what do we need to do to satisfy these stakeholders? It's not equal. It's um, Kind of interesting how our asset owning organizations often prioritize their stakeholders. So when we start looking at the quarterly results for our owners and our investors. This often dominates those publicly traded companies, for example, when we're looking at it. By contrast, we see uh, somebody like a Richard Branson says, if you make your employees happy, everything else takes care of itself. They look after your customers well. And other organizations uh, tend to intently focus on customer service. 
So some of our examples might be municipality transit or the need for cost-effective water and wastewater treatment services. So spending taxpayer dollars wisely is just as important as turning a profit in the delivery of value from these assets. Once again, that value is very outcomes focused. Um, this perspective on value, I like to think it's very dependent on which stakeholders we're working with or we're thinking about. It's important to have a clear understanding of what each stakeholder inherently values to understand if and how fully their needs are being met. Again, not every stakeholder will ever be 100% satisfied. Some will be more satisfied than others. And sometimes we're gonna exceed some, some of their internal satisfaction metrics. Um, one of the big things we need to keep in mind is that stakeholder engagement uh, tends to be highly variable depending on both our industry sector and the number of stakeholders for our organization. That's great, Sue. So we're providing value to our organizations and our stakeholders, um, being sure that we kind of cover all the stakeholders, um, not just not just perhaps the owners or financial ones. So let's let's talk a little bit now about the different types of value. So you know, by definition, value may be tangible or intangible. It could be financial or non-financial, but often we use very specific labels for this. Now, I want to be clear, each organization may have its own labels and its own specific language, but I'm going to list a few here uh, that cover off most of the typical um, value drivers that we have in our organization. So let, let's start with the financial. So we've got, you know, earnings or financial returns from the production and or service that we provide. Um, we also have the costs uh, that, it, that it costs for that service. Now, every owner, every owning asset owning organization owes its stakeholders a low cost of service. And that's important to, to understand. And that's regardless of, of any um, ownership type, whether you're publicly owned or um, publicly traded or private, that low cost of service is a driver for asset management um, for every owning asset owning organization. When we get into the non-financial value drivers, we've got health and safety. That applies to our employees, our contractors, and the general public. We've got environmental stewardship. We want to take care of our planet um, with how well we with how we manage our assets. There's customer service and quality as part of that. There's regulatory compliance. Now, this may vary by industry sector. Um, the regulatory requirements do vary from, from uh, organization to organization. Organization. And this also gets managed under risk management and assurance as well. But, you know, regulator, regulatory compliance is also a value driver. Then we get into more of the external social um, sustainability and social governance. So all of our organizations, we have a social license to operate. And that in large part um, is our reputation. And in some sectors, we want and need to meet certain sustainability goals like net zero carbon. So again, you know, your your mileage may vary on what labels you and your organization apply to these, but those are some typical expressions of value and the drivers that need to be aligned with our organization's uh, goals. 
Yeah, I think what you're really bringing up is how core value is to this entire discussion around asset management. So if we go back and think back to our original discussion of asset management, we agreed that it's the coordinated efforts of the organization to deliver value from assets. And the whole formal asset management discipline is really focused on creating value. Everything we do, we do for value for the organization and all its stakeholders. And so all of the activities that we undertake serve to preserve and create this value. We preserve value so we don't go backwards and uh, lose value compared to where we are. And we create incremental value as an improvement on where we are. So it's essentially getting better at getting better with some periodic step changes in value delivery improvement. So lots and lots of tweaks, big step change. Lots and lots of tweaks, big step change. Okay, the obvious next question, how do we measure our value? So we really need to think about our stakeholders and what they're expecting. So each stakeholder is going to have their own metric or a ruler in their mind that they internally measure against. Whether they explicitly state it or not, everyone's got an idea in their head of what that, what value means to them. And whatever measures that we start to use should answer, are we really doing enough of the right things to move the dials that deliver that expected value? Are we getting better at getting better? Our overall types of value, just as you were talking about there, Paul, are generally aligned with our strategic goals and objectives. These kind of set those key performance indicators or KPIs for the organization. And when we start to dive down a level, we really need to look at the performance indicators for each of the functions that contribute to that coordinated effort to deliver the overall value from the assets that are measured by the key performance indicators. That's great. So we have measures for value and we have expectations for how much value uh, we want. But I mean, how much value can and should we deliver? And I, it's one of my favorite topics because, you know, one could ask, well, how much value is at stake? Um, certainly you from a from a satisficing perspective, I think you you need to strive to meet the minimum expectations of your stakeholders. I think we've we've kind of covered that. But, you know, in in a lot of circles, we, we talk a lot about trying to maximize value delivery. So, you know, if we're satisfying, are we satisfied with delivering some value? But do we know kind of in more absolute terms, what's the maximum value we could and should return? And what are we doing to achieve that? So, you know, I think that plays a lot in the organization's strategic goals and direction and and how how hard they want to improve um, or improve their improvements. Right. As as you said earlier, um, I have a definition for, you know, anything that's less than maximum value delivery and maximum value delivery. Maybe I should explain that a little bit more. That's the maximum amount of value that we could plausibly deliver. Right. So that's kind of on a sustainable basis. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you added that on a sustainable basis. We're not trying to just, um, you know, one and done this kind of thing. This is maximizing value over the life cycle, actually. And I think we'll get about get into that a little bit more. But, you know, it, it really is an optimal 
um, type of point. So where where you're at, where, where most organizations are at, is usually something less than that. And the difference between where an organization's at and where it could be at, at the maximum um, and optimal point, that difference is what I call value leakage. And some of our listeners, you know, may recognize the term hidden plant. And that's really one and um, the same thing. Um, this conversation is obviously talking about value delivery. So that difference between where we could be and where we are is what I call value leakage. And that's something very, very important because, you know, do we know how much value leakage exists in our organizations? Sometimes our people, processes and technologies, we, we know they're not perfect. And there's a certain amount of organizational ineffectiveness and inefficiencies that always exist. Um, you know, we can ask ourselves, well, how much of that is structural, meaning it can't really, there's nothing we can really do to affect that versus how much of it is manageable? What can we influence? What, how much of that can we affect? And of course, the key question is how much of that value leakage can we claw back if we were improved, if we were innovative, if we were better at our asset management practices? I, I think that's a line of discussion that organizations should be having uh, as a natural course of business. So, you know, and, and also to manage optimally uh, requires distinct mindsets. Um, it has to be integrated across the organization. Uh, you may have you may have to have distinct business processes and tools. And, you know, I subscribe to a philosophy I call good, better, best. And. And it is a model of thinking, right? So sometimes we kind of target good practice, but we should also be asking ourselves, is it worth uh, striving for a better practice if there's more value at stake? And what is the what is the likelihood that we can execute on that and deliver more value? So I think that's a healthy line of thinking for the organization. Um, there's another line of reasoning that kind of goes along with that, and that's something um, we call productivity. So this, in, in, in this part of the conversation, I'm going to focus solely on kind of financial value and leave the non-financial aside. Not that they're not important. It's just that this is a financial value conversation. Productivity is an important measure. And, you know, productivity is typically measured as the unit cost or cost of service. So it's represented as a cost per unit produced. Now, we all recognize that certain sectors have a discrete product. Um, other sectors may be more service oriented. So this measure doesn't necessarily apply to those organizations perfectly, or they may have kind of an equivalent. Um, but for our discussion here, we'll talk about, you know, some of the sectors like electric power, for example, we would describe, you know, spend or cost per megawatt hour. In oil and gas, we have spend per barrel or barrel equivalent if we're talking about energy. In mining, we have would have uh, cost per ton of ore processed. And in manufacturing, we would have dollars per unit or dollars per widget, whatever our product um, is that we're producing. So all of these are kind of expressions of productivity. And really what we want to do is strive for a low number. And that means a low cost of service. Now, what I like about productivity, now it is kind of more of a, um, a lagging business result, but what I like about it is productivity, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a numerator and a denominator. The numerator is cost and the denominator is production or service, right? And what we want to do is recognize that, look, we can influence both of those. Um, now, 
we recognize there's a balance and a trade-off between these two things, but it is actually a measure of organizational effectiveness. And I've I've seen in in my own experience where some people and and leaders think that there may be um, one at the expense of other, like a true trade-off, uh, meaning if you want more production, you have to have more cost. And look, while that might be true on a kind of a lower tactical basis. Um, I don't think it's true when you roll up all the activities of what we do. I think that that is actually the goal of what we're trying to do in asset management is to reduce the cost and improve the the production and service. And we can do that simultaneously. So we can influence both that numerator and the denominator at the same time. So this is, you know, from a leadership perspective, I, I think I said this on a previous episode, the job to be done is to direct the activities of the organization to create more value from its assets with fewer resources, which is obviously also a productivity play. And, you know, every organization I've seen has a mixed bag of quality of practices and, you know, honestly, quality of improvement initiatives. But as leaders, I think we need to understand how much value those activities deliver because we've got we've got high value activities and we've got lower value activities. And I, I think it's the job of leaders is to understand what's high value and what's low value so that we can reallocate our resources away from low value activities or do them in a different way to make them higher value and direct our, our scarce resources towards high value activities. And if we can do that, that serves to improve the overall productivity um, and that cost of service that we're striving to influence. Yeah, and I think you've brought up some great points there around this concept of value leakage, around productivity, and you've certainly shared with our listeners a whole lot around those financials. And I think that one of the things, as we said earlier, there's a whole lot of non-financial um, items of value as well. And before, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up a couple of them. So a few of the thoughts that have just popped into my head is sort of the owner-operator. When I hire a contractor, what makes them want to come to my production site first? Do they know that I value safety, that they're, that the workers will go home safely at the end of each day? Do I have a reputation of paying my contractors on a consistent basis, either at the end of every month or within that 30 days? There's, um, are my staff uh, competent? Have I got some non-financial value out of keeping them trained up, giving them the broad work experience and challenging them to be able to deliver asset management, systems thinking, and that broader perspective? The key here is really about consistency. And I'm once again, I'm trying to use that coordinated effort to deliver value from my app from my assets. And we've got to think about not just the financial, but also the non-financial markers of value. Absolutely. And, you know, I would add ESG to that list of non-financial drivers that are, you know, a lot of organizations are incorporating into their strategies and their business plans. And it is forcing a very long, um, long time horizon as well. Right. So, you know, there's lots of companies with their net zero um, or net carbon zero um, goals that like, they're, they're aiming to change how they well, what op, what assets they manage and how they manage them over, you know, decades. So, you know, and that goes directly, you know, 
it, it influences the investment community. It invests. It it, it uh, influences the reputation and that um, you know, social license to operate. You know, it's it's a big deal, and it is it it it's, it all works together. But the, you know, the ESG and sustainability that is a key driver that is uh, forcing organizations to think about you know how they manage differently. And I think it's also brings in, you're bringing in ESG, you're bringing in sustainability, environment, but I also think governance. And I think we need to think about this across the entire life cycle from that early conception right through to retirement or reclamation, um, or as the Australians like to call it, the less to dust cycle. We're not just talking operations and maintenance here during that active part, but it's across the entire life cycle where we see the value. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the word governance because, you know, governance is one of those, let's call it tools or tool sets that external stakeholders can use to provide assurance that the owner um, and operating company are actually doing what they say and, um, and, and, and proving that. So that governance, both, you know, governance is useful internally, uh, but it's also useful externally for those stakeholders to assure um, that the organization is managing well um, and that the uh, organizational strategic objectives will be met. And then of course, the value that all of those external stakeholders are looking for will be met. So that's been our episode on value. Uh, we could continue to s- discuss that, um, but that's we'll stop here for today. In the next episode, we're going to continue on with our fundamentals of asset management, and we are going to talk about assurance. Uh, sorry, alignment. Um, so thank you, Susan, for joining us, and thank you for listening. This podcast is part of the Asseteers community, a safe destination for leaders to explore, share, and learn about asset management, and to sharpen your competencies from a carefully curated body of knowledge. This community contains valuable content, including a blog, podcast, publications, webinars, live events, training, and learning. Please join our community as an active member at theasseteers.org. Please also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast service app. The Asseteers podcast is presented by CO Asset Management. CO empowers leaders to see, think, decide, act in directing the activities of your organization to deliver more value from the same assets with fewer resources. CO provides an enterprise operational management system framework solution, improving the leadership experience to manage lead, and govern through more, better decisions. This podcast is produced by Nicholas Dost. Original music, Audiora Borealis by Scott Henderson. Content in this podcast is presented as information only. No advice is given. Listeners use at their own discretion and risk.